Hello, 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 6AM Run community, listeners. You know, obviously, uh, again, I say this as I, uh, every episode. Thank you so much for everyone growing this show, listening to it. We're back for another episode. Very excited. A couple of episodes you guys are probably listening to before this one where we kind of veered off the running subject with some different things. This one, we're coming kind of back to running. I want to get right to my next guest, Daisy Bravo. There's a few reasons why I asked you, Daisy, to be on here, but if you could kind of give also your expertise, your title, your kind of level of why I brought you in here. And and please, Daisy, welcome to the show. And if you don't mind, kind of take away why I asked you to be on here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure being on the 6am Run podcast. And I'm a trainer. I've been a trainer for over 20 years. But within the last five years or so, Because of a few reasons, I have kind of devoted myself to pregnant and postpartum women and working on helping and supporting them through pregnancy and postpartum with their health and fitness. And uh, I started out mainly working with CrossFit-type athletes, and that's kind of transitioned to... um, marathon runners, triathletes also, because a lot of the same uh, high-impact activities are involved in both sports, and those are kind of a passion of mine. Awesome. No, that's really awesome to hear. There's so many questions. We we had a really cool, pretty quick pre-call just now. Women, you know, I'll say this, uh, especially on a 6 a.m. run front, I've never even shared this information on the podcast. Women have so many I will be the first to say, I'm, I have two daughters, by the way, Daisy. I know you and I never have officially met before today. I'm married, beautiful wife, two daughters. I'm all for you know women empowerment, equality, equity, and, and all that great stuff. I, I want my daughters to know they can do everything. What I will say is, I know just even speaking on my wife and even our customers, what we tend to see, women have so much on their plate, right? A lot of our clients are women who are shopping for their significant others, for their household, for their kids. Um, we see that. There's so much already, I think, stress women do as kind of the, the, I call it like the glue of many households. Let's get right into this whole pregnancy, continuing to work out, continuing to run. Is it stressful? You have your everyday stress. Now you're pregnant. Now you're worried. Obviously, you've seen... Let me back up a little bit. I've always thought, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is a stigma. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting long-winded, but I'm getting to my point. There is a stigma that certain stresses and anxieties can cause miscarriages. Can we start there? Is that true? Can stress cause a miscarriage? And should women be careful the amount and load of stress they're taking on during pregnancy? Sure. Yeah. That I mean, that is kind of a loaded question because there's a lot of different types of stress, as we know. So um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of physical stress, emotional stress. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really not. And unfortunately, during pregnancy and even into the postpartum phases, and just like anything with health and fitness, there's really rarely a black and white answer to a lot of of this. But of course, yes, it has been shown. There is a lot of documentation, especially when it comes to emotional stress, like day-to-day life stress that can cause issues with not only carrying and maintaining a pregnancy, but also with infertility too. We do know that stress is a big component too. There's a lot of 
you know, things that go in our body when we are under physical, mental stress. And yes, that can cause some difficulties throughout a pregnancy. Controlled stress is not necessarily a bad thing. And so a lot of people, yeah, so a lot of people, especially women, and I can speak to this on a personal level, use fitness whatever type of fitness that is for you as also a stress relief, but it is also at the same time a stressor of the body. So there's a lot, a little bit of give and take here. So yes, you know, things like running high intensity exercise does put stress on the body, but does not necessarily mean that is bad for pregnancy. And, you know, maybe if you're someone that's never worked out before, and then you go and try to run a 5k while you are two months pregnant, probably not an ideal stress for your body. But if you are a trained athlete, for the most part, you can maintain a lot of what you have done prior to pregnancy with some modifications here and there and not cause any harm to your baby. Well, I, I do know. And, and I love hearing that. And with that being said, you know, you kind of definitely now kind of back to that. And again, showing a little bit of my ignorance, but I, I'm really, really excited to learn today. So I, I feel like obviously, you know, the early stages, it takes a, obviously a little bit of time to, to even show pregnancy. I know both my kids, I, I used to love and follow the example of, you know, how it's like the baby's the size of the seed then the baby's the size of like an avocado and, you know, things like that. Right. So when do you, like, for me, I feel like during the early stages, I can't see any issues. Right. But I, I, I see these images on Instagram and Facebook and don't get me wrong, credit is the strength I think you're showing, but I, I get nervous when I see a woman with a big belly running. Can you tell me what are the effects, the research maybe you've done into this women who are running at late stages of pregnancy? I just view it as, you know, obviously the, the shaking, the movement, but we just had a pretty interesting kind of, we were talking about this in our pre-call there are studies and you've learned a little bit and work with women on how long they can go and the amounts that can work out and do that type of strenuous workout, right? For sure. Yeah. And this, again, is all individualized. Mm -hmm. How trained the athlete is before, you know, what have you done in the early phases? And then also you have to, you know, put yourself you know, in the shoes of a pregnant woman is like every day looks a little different. And, um, you know, first trimester, a lot of the times, no, you're not physically showing there's, you know, your baby's the size of a bean or seed or whatever you had alluded to earlier. But the main concern there is a lot of times because of this change that's starting to occur into the body, there's a lot of hormonal changes. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of nausea going on, and there's a lot of fatigue that women have perhaps never felt before. So during the first trimester, even though from a visual, physical standpoint, there's really not much going on, like looking from the outside, looking in. But thinking about what's going on inside, a lot of women struggle to do anything during the first trimester. And a lot of, you know, 
And then, of course, if you go the first trimester and you're not working out at all, and then all of a sudden you start feeling, you wake up in your second trimester, you're starting to feel better, and then you start running, your body is has, of course, weakened during that time, as, as we know. So there's few fighting factors. Now, there are so many women that claim that they have run the day of labor, and that is fine and okay for a lot of women. The thing is, is as an athlete, especially a type A athlete, a competitive athlete who has learned to, uh, throughout their athletic career, whatever that looks like, have learned to like stifle pain (laughs) and Mm -hmm. learn to shut off exterior, internal, external feelings and have learned to push through certain feelings. And that is where the change needs to occur in pregnancy. And that's why I usually don't tell anyone, no, you can't run anymore, or yes, you can run till the very end. And we have to treat each and every run or each and every workout like it's a brand new, brand new day, brand new body, you know, for a better example. So if we are you know, having shortness of breath that day, if it's a struggle, if we're, you know, sweating profusely, if we're feeling any sort of contractions, if we're feeling pressure down into the pelvic floor, if we're seeing fluids being, you know, released from our body, if there's excessive pain, this is not the time to fight through these things. This is the mm-hmm. time to learn as an athlete, how to really listen to our body. We've kind of been trained to override certain signals from our body, and this is the time to actually start being uber-sensitive oh. to some of the feedback that our body is, is, is giving us. So yes, women can run through the late trimester, the bouncing uh, that you were describing earlier, uh, you know, some of the impact. That's not necessarily the shaking or whatever. For the most part, the body is a magical thing. It is, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to cause a miscarriage, anything like that. Um, it can potentially bring someone who's late into pregnancy, you know, have them go into earlier labor, for example, potentially. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, slight, slight risk of that. But for the most part, the most important thing that I like to educate women with, with running specifically and high impact sort of activities is the stress and pressure that is actually occurring on the muscles of the pelvic floor. That is what is holding everything up and that's what takes a beating. And that is what post-pregnancy is going to take a lot of work to rehab if you decided to overuse and abuse that pelvic floor because you didn't want to give it a break. That's kind of the main thing that I like to educate women about is because later in pregnancy, we release hormones that their job is to allow the pelvis, all the ligaments, all the tendons, soft tissue to open and allow for the passage of the baby. So if you are running late trimester, you have all of these hormones circulating through your body, all your tissues are super laxed, then you add additional pressure to it. Think of all the stretching and, you know, what is going down in that pelvic floor. And then think about later after pregnancy when we want to get back into baby, how are we going to bring that back to normal after all of the wear and tear that occurred, you know, because of the excess workouts, things like that. Yeah. No, I do love that. And I think you you kept alluding to it. I think the cool thing, obviously, again, going with the knowledge of 
my wife and, and both of our kids, you have the luxury, obviously during pregnancy, I forget that I think it's, it, it obviously becomes more and more and more as the pregnancy progresses. But you know, you're going to your physician a lot more and more. M- most people are going to a physician more and more and more. So I, one thing I love is, and let's get kind of that little bit of a disclaimer out there, continue to let your physician know, right, that, hey, I'm running, I'm very active, I do my workouts. That way, that physician who's seeing everything, doing ultrasounds, I would assume, can then say, you know, hey, maybe we need we need to rest a little bit more, take it down a notch, or obviously they're assessing your risk level of your pregnancy, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first and foremost, that is going to be the general voice of reason in this whole thing. It depends, and also depends on sometimes the doctors. So sometimes the doctors are not really used to dealing with athletic individuals mm-hmm. at certain levels of, you know, intensity and, you know, years and years of training. So I have met doctors who cross the board. And of course, there's a lot of data to substantiate certain reasons why they put women on bed breast or tell them to take things easy. But a lot of times, some of the education that doctors give women is just kind of a a general blanket yeah. statement. So, you know, a lot of times... Uh, this is the big one that, you know, I see with women is uh, they get to their postpartum visit and they get their clearance after, you know, six weeks or whatever. And the doctor says, hey, you can go ahead and resume in anything that you were doing before. Right. However, they don't really assess your soft tissue. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's happened to uh, your core or your pelvic floor. So to tell someone who's been through something like that, that they can just go back and resume without doing some sort of rehab type corrective exercise is doing women a disservice. And that's when women start to see me specifically is they started, they jumped back into running after pregnancy when their body wasn't ready to accommodate it. And then they have things like leakage when they're running. Maybe they've got pelvic prolapse, which is basically organ contents coming out the, you know, out the vagina. So, you know, injuries that we do not want to occur in these women. However, yes, seeing your doctor, getting a general guideline from them, but realizing Mm -hmm. that to some extent your body has been injured and there's some extra work that needs to be done. Wow. No, I I love that. And and let me go a little bit back to one thing you also said, which I just kind of, that was one thing that struck a chord with me too. If it was the level of athlete who got pregnant, right? So, and then let me, I love what you said. Once you get pregnant, if you've never ran a half or full marathon, this is not the time to say, I'm going to train for a full marathon. Like if you've never also done one before, right? So it's, it's also your level. If you are a person that does, you know, yoga three times a week, and that's what your body is already used to. It sounds like that's just, again, normal activity as usual, 99% of the time is okay. It's that added, like, this is not the time to take it up a gear is what you're also saying. For sure. Yeah. This is not the time to uh, start breaking records or, you know, working on, you know, new athletic goals. This is the time to really figure out how you're going to you know, maintain your sanity, maintain Mm. your general health and fitness, and do it in such a way that is safe and does not abuse the body and set yourself up for future injury and and risk down the road. And uh, I know athletes don't like to hear the words, you know, like injury and safety. A lot of them are like, I've been doing this forever. I'm invincible, but not necessarily the case in this scenario. So two questions. One, 
I think what I love that you're saying, because while I'm not a woman, but I can tell you this, if there was a period where someone told me, hey, Hami, you're not going to be able to run for nine months. It's for me that it's the sanity that running brings me, right? I've been told how to meditate, but I can't just focus on my breathing and truly clear my mind. I've never been able to do it. But running for me puts me in that euphoric state of kind of one uh, podcast guest I had was talking, it's almost as if it's hypnosis, right? Uh, I go to a different place. I can center myself and then I have a much better day. I don't take any of my day's frustrations out on my family. And I know because of running, I'm a better person. So to that, I would say like, if a woman who's pregnant is saying, wait, this is what centers me every day. I mean, it'd be messed up to have to take that away from them. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that, and as a trainer and someone specializing in individuals with injuries and rehabbing those injuries, I don't like to tell people no, especially athletic-minded people. Because like you said before, that's how you get through life. You know, that's what, that's your passion. You know, anyone that is involved in fitness, regardless of what the activity is Mm -hmm. to tell them. And this kind of happened to me when, you know, I was working on getting pregnant, which was a, a struggle for me. I was told that I couldn't do any exercise. So I'm an avid mountain biker. I'm an avid snowboarder. I also like CrossFit and high intensity activities. And I was told I couldn't do any of it. That is a big part of my life. And so to tell someone to stop doing something that is so important, you know, and a crucial and almost like a sense of how they identify as as this individual. Mm -hmm. I am a runner. That is who, if someone looks at me, that's how they identify me. And I don't want to take that away from anyone. Yes, it might need to look different, different Mm -hmm. version of, so we're not doing ultra marathons, you know, during this time, although I'm sure there's some women that have, you know, it might not be the best thing at this moment. So what sort of things can we do that bring about that same sort of satisfaction while helping us maintain our identity? Can we do to get through this time? And, And it is a short window, you know, in the whole spectrum of things, but it is, it's an important time because there's a lot of change going on. So if there's a lot of change going on. You don't want to take away the one thing from, uh, you know, an individual that makes them feel whole or complete. You answered that perfectly. And that makes, again, that's where it hits home for me. Let me ask you the second part. Runners, you're in this space, you know this. I'll admit, I want to, there's an admission. Our, our audience knows this admission already. I've never shared this with you. I hate stretching, right? I just, I like to just get up and go. It's, it's bad. I know guys, everyone listening, you've all said it to me. I get it. I'm wrong. I'll probably get up tomorrow and not stretch and go run still. But what I love that you also said though, it's this is the time that you have to have heightened senses. Like I'll be running and my ankle may hurt, but I just, I'm like, eh, I push through. I still, it's not, it's weird. It's not hurt enough where I'm like, I can't run. So I still push through and knock on wood, 99% of the time, whatever it is, maybe max after a few days, but it goes away. But this is a time to be very alert, especially in critical areas you're saying too, of things that can, this is not the time to be, to have that blase blah attitude. 
Right. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, a, a certain feeling can be a, you know, a bigger concern. A lot of the times this is where our body is giving us signals of, yeah, we need to dial it down a little bit. So, you know, particularly if you are running and typically for the most part, if you're able to previously run and not have any challenges where you're, you know, you know that feeling when you're gasping for air. Mm -hmm. For the most part, a seasoned runner doesn't experience that unless they're, you know, doing some sort of speed training, something of that nature. They're able to maintain their breath. Now, if you're going through that, this is something you haven't felt before, and then all of a sudden you can't catch your breath, that is your body saying, hey, <laughs> let's dial it down a notch. Maybe today is not the day. Maybe I need to go a little bit slower. Typically, signs like that, if, if you are not getting adequate oxygen, chances are the baby's not getting adequate oxygen also. Wow. So just because you can fight through it doesn't mean that you should fight through it because you're thinking, you should mm-hmm. be thinking about someone else in the picture too. So if you are, you know, if you're winded, if you are overheated, dehydrated is even bigger one. You do not want to be in a circumstance where you're dehydrated. That is doing a disservice to the new individual that's living off of your body. So that is why we have to be uh, super vigilant listening to these, you know, these signs and signals, you know, that our body is producing. Wow, I love that. Now, let's go back a little bit to now I think you're touching on as we kind of come in this fourth quarter of this conversation, but now you're kind of also touching base. One of the big things, whether you work out or not during pregnancy is obviously nutrition. What do moms need, you know, for their children? You're in this space too. So I feel like the amazing part of what you do and how you work with women, you're in this space every day. What's your nutritional advice for someone in in the pregnancy stages? Sure. Yeah. Especially when uh, talking to athletes, of course, this is, you know, of course, not the time to start worrying about your gains or, um, you know, we have a lot of women that are either, uh, you know, bulking or shredding when I deal with a lot of, you know, individuals in in the gym. This is not the time for that, of course. This is not the time to, you know, working on elimination diet or things like intermittent fasting or things like keto even. We are really just trying to get well-rounded micronutrients into our body. And, you know, of course, there are, you know, recommended guidelines for uh, what micronutrients you need. And, of course, general guidelines. A lot in pregnancy, you know, protein is, of course, very important for, you know, growth and development. So we want to make sure that we're not cutting anything out that is going to restrict our body and our baby from nutrition. Lots of vegetables, good high quality protein, good healthy fats, and you really can't go wrong. We're really not trying to, you know, cut and restrict calories here at this time. I do like to see my women avoid, you know, crazy sugars and things like that. But for the most part, when I'm dealing with athletes, that's not such a big problem. It's mainly my um, women that aren't very athletic minded in general that I have to kind of work on things like trans fats and sugars and, of course, um, you know, processed foods. But for my athletes, it's really easy. They pretty much know how to do it other than telling them that they just can't restrict calories at this time. We're not eating in a caloric deficit. Uh, You know, we may even want to, you know, look at our macros, look at our, you know, basal metabolic rate and just kind of go from there. A lot of times doctors will say just add 500 additional calories a day, but it's really nothing fancy. It's, It's keeping it simple, keeping it healthy. 
So I will say one thing I never understood until I had kids. And I think that, thank you for that. That was well said. And and I totally understand. And I think a lot of people would agree with what you just said on that. Let me kind of, like I said, want to throw in a couple other things here as, as we kind of close in here. One of the things I know from having two kids and being with my wife, I didn't know. I heard about it. I didn't know postpartum is how I feel and call me crazy. My wife, or even now, one of the happiest women, she's everything is is always, for most part, everything's really, really great. And she is a, a really high energy, happy person. It takes a lot to upset her, right? What I really realized is that postpartum has no discrimination. And I think what happens too is you're now, especially I think for me, I'll say, I'll say our situation, because I know every situation is different. Husband's kind of got to go back to work. Wife's kind of left alone with a newborn. You're now in charge of this life, right? Like it's probably one of the biggest responsibilities. A buddy of mine, we have not a joke, but we say like, when you're talking also about a human life, right? I could lay a baby in the woods and I could lay a puppy in the woods. Who's got the better chance of surviving? Right? Only like as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. As evolved and as we are the most dominant species, right? Yeah. Our baby forms cannot, like a puppy might be able to eat some grass, wander around. That baby, again, not going to die. I know this is crazy, but bear with me. Now a woman is in charge of this life, right? So like I really, and what I'm getting at, I know again, long-winded, but what I'm getting at is, is that I really saw how postpartum is a real thing. Women go through it. What I will say, because I know what running does for me, have you seen studies? Have you maybe had women? And I know you now you also work postpartum. Has running in your not even running? Let's talk fitness in general. Has fitness in general in your mind? Or this is just a question I have. Has fitness been a solution to postpartum in any instances you've been aware of? Sure. Yeah. Like when, you know, speaking in regards to postpartum depression, of course, there are a number of factors involved in it. And, you know, it's again, it's like you're saying before stress, it's not so cut and dry and there's not necessarily one cause of it. You know, it can be hormones, you know, you name it. It could be the fact that they are, you know, overwhelmed with life. Maybe they're doing it by themselves. But yes, we all know the benefits of physical activity when it comes to mental health and well-being. We're releasing endorphins, neurotransmitters that, you know, make us happy, you know, bring us up every day, give us a, a reason to you know, continue and go on. So yes, there's a lot of studies and data substantiating that fitness postpartum is very helpful in things like postpartum depression. And, you know, it is not 100% necessary that every woman that is dealing with depression like this needs to, you know, turn to, you know, medication and these other solutions. A lot of times there are some self-care things that we can do to kind of get us through this. But postpartum is really multifaceted and something that is is quite serious. So yes, I always recommend, you know, reaching out to a mental, you know, health practitioner if you can't take care of it yourself internally. A lot of women are in denial when it comes to things like postpartum. A lot of times they hide it from their spouse because they don't want to put that, you know, make their spouse feel horrible. Or, no, you yep. know, there's, there's a lot, you know, that are ungrateful or, you know, all of these things. So it's, it is something that is is pretty serious. But yes, fitness has been shown to, you know, help with that. 
Yeah, it's funny though. I'll, I'll just say not not a funny story, but it was cool about also having a second child. What I kind of the transition in me. I'll just share a story real quick with the audience and with you. First child, you're so nervous about the child. I kind of was scared. I had to sit down before my wife would hand me the first <laughs> child. Right. Second one, it was a little bit of a switch. You're kind of like, ah, baby's fine. I was like, oh no, let me make sure my wife, she actually right now needs some, a little more attention. What do you need? You know what I mean? It was crazy. Cause I obviously seeing the first one and you know, that kind of, it was a, a little bit of a transition in me to kind of be like, and I, I've, I've heard a lot of stories. People always say the second kid, you're kind of like, yeah, that one, that one's a little more fine. You, you know, you're a little more like, let that one go a little bit. But the transition in me was more so all right, let me make sure my wife is straight. Hey, how are you doing? What do you need? Where do you need help? Where can I help? Where do I fit in? You know, more so. I know it sounds crazy. So I, not that I didn't. I, of course, cared about the baby too. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's good for wives so, to hear this. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. No. So this was amazing. I'm probably like, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, we got to definitely get this episode out to everyone. I learned and you know, Daisy, you articulate all of this so well, you know, if we have any questions, a couple things, last words, anything you want to share with our audience, the floor is yours, but also more importantly, you know, your clientele, getting new clients, Zooms, any way people can get in touch with you, please take this kind of last moment and let us know where we can get a hold of you, where clients can talk to you, and then any last words. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, overall from you know, what I've gained from working with women and, you know, taking all these credit courses and things and, and educating myself with women. And, you know, the, the most important thing is, you know, I communicate, especially with athletes is, again, I think I said it earlier, is treat every day like you're dealing with a new body and, you know, show it some respect and listen and hear exactly what it is telling you. And, you know, if you need to slow down a little bit, then that's okay too. This is just a a small window in time. And, you know, if your goal is, whatever your athletic goals are, you can achieve it. But the only way to achieve it is by slowing down during this time so that you can only speed up later and be stronger than you were before. I love that. Now, if anyone wants to, you know, find me online, the easiest place to find me is on my website, strongmomsfitness.com. I'm pretty much on all the, you know, major social media handles uh, like Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, things like that. But um Number one place is my website because it kind of links out everywhere. And I have some guides on, you know, how to modify, you know, exercise when you're pregnant. I do have some guides on how to rebuild your body after pregnancy so that you essentially, you know, bulletproof your body from the inside out again, strengthen that core and pelvic floor that's just been overworked uh, so that you can get back to sports and you can just take it up to the next level after your body has just been rebuilt again. So that's all on my website, again, at strongmomsfitness.com. I love that. I love that. And like I said, any questions, guys, we'll put all of Daisy's information in the bio. You guys get a hold of her. Daisy, your time. Yeah. If anyone can hopefully follow you, I think one last thing on there, you have your own podcast, I think, or I do. Yeah. I have my own podcast, which is called the strong moms fitness podcast. Awesome. And yeah, we'll put, like I said, guys, we'll share all that Daisy for your time. 
Oh my God. Thank you so much. I'm thankful for you educating us. Definitely maybe have you back on. We could talk about even some more things. And this was really educational for me and any of our, I'm sure this is a pretty cool topic for, because like I said, I think as, uh, even though, you know, a lot of men might see things and these were like, I, again, I'm, I'm human. I would see those images and I always had these kind of questions. So (laughs) this was a really interesting podcast for me and I'm glad you accepted our invite. I can't thank you enough and keep doing what you're doing. What you do does also on a higher level, you can tell it's you're keeping people out there healthy and and bringing joy to their life so please don't stop that guys 6 a.m run you know family community definitely give daisy a follow and thank you everyone and you know everyone uh, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day thank you guys bye-bye